scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 10. John 10, verses 1 through 6. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. The God that we serve longs to lead us. He longs to show us the way. He has always wanted that. In the Garden of Eden, even before sin entered the world, God showed Adam and Eve exactly what he expected of them and what he expected them not to do. God came down to the Israelites in the wilderness, as we read about this week in our Bible reading together, and God led his people in a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. They were never without his presence, and they never had to wonder whether they were truly obedient to God's will. Samuel, a young boy, growing up, heard the voice of God speaking to him in a miraculous way, and God guided and led Samuel by his voice throughout the rest of his days, throughout the rest of his life. God longs to lead us. When David, who was a shepherd, thought about his relationship with the Lord, the best analogy that a shepherd could come up with would be to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We just sang a song a moment ago that's based on that particular psalm, He Leadeth Me. And you may not know this, but that song that we just sang, it was written in 1862 at the height of the American Civil War. A preacher had been preaching a series on Psalm 23, and his wife said, you know, you're a pretty good poet. Why don't you set some of these thoughts to a poem? And so he did. And then a few years later, those words were matched with some music, and that became the hymn that we just sang. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. God is interested in showing his people the way. God comes down to man to show people the way. You notice, whether it's in the Garden of Eden, or whether it's in the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, or whether it's God coming to Samuel and showing him what his desire for Samuel's life is, or whether it's God speaking to David and saying, you're going to be my king, and I'm going to be your shepherd. God comes down and shows people the way. But the ultimate expression of God coming to this world and showing people the way is found in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus said of his own ministry in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I've come to show you the way. That's what a shepherd does. I've come to speak to those who are my sheep and they will hear my voice and they will follow me. God wants to show you the way. 
think about this. When you think about Jesus and his ministry, he is called a shepherd repeatedly. And especially, he is called the shepherd of Israel by prophecy in Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, when Herod was wondering, where is the Messiah going to come from? Where is his origin? They searched the scriptures and they found Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and they said, oh, Herod, the shepherd of Israel is going to come from Bethlehem, this small town in the, in the area of Judah. He's going to come from this small village. That's what the prophecy said. He's the shepherd of Israel at his birth. But then as you read on in the Bible, the Bible calls Jesus, as we've mentioned, the good shepherd. And Jesus especially, as we'll talk about in just a moment, had in mind his death. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He's not just a hireling who's in it for the money. He's really interested and cares about the sheep that he's trying to lead. But not only that, the Bible also calls Jesus the great shepherd. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, the writer of Hebrews is trying to get people to hang on to Christianity and not give up on Jesus. And he says, God who raised him from the dead has brought us to the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. He's not just a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd and the resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead proves that. And then when you think about the shepherding role of Jesus, the Bible describes him as the chief shepherd. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, Peter writes to elders in the Lord's church, and he says, shepherd the flock which is among you, for when Christ, who is the chief shepherd, appears, you'll receive a crown of glory, a reward, because of your service to him. Shepherds in the Lord's church are under shepherds to the glory of God and in the service of the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. And notice that there's an appearance to his second coming there in 1 Peter 5 and verse 4. The fact that Jesus is going to return one day and bring his reward for those who have served well as shepherds. He'll bring that reward with him at that time. Now just look at those references. Jesus was called a shepherd by prophecy even at his birth. Jesus called himself the good shepherd, the one who would die for his sheep. The Bible calls Jesus the great shepherd because of his resurrection from the dead and because of his second coming and at his second coming, he is the chief shepherd. Jesus has come, brothers and sisters and friends, to show us the way. He's come to be our shepherd. And the greatest thing that you could ever say and the greatest song you could ever sing about your life would be to sing this, he leadeth me. And no matter where I am in my life, I look to the shepherd, I follow the shepherd. He is my guide. He is with me. He shows me the way. The question this morning, have you given Jesus permission to lead your life. And I'm not just talking about a once, in a once in a lifetime type of decision. I'm talking about on a daily basis, are you giving Jesus permission to lead? Is he your shepherd? You sometimes driving down the road, see those bumper stickers, God is my co-pilot. And then you'll see other bumper stickers kind of tongue in cheek. If God is your co-pilot, you should change seats. He should be in control. He should be the one. That's exactly the way that we ought to think of our lives. He leadeth me. It's not just a blessed thought. It's a thought that is essential to living the Christian life. Is Jesus really in control? Have you given him permission to lead you on a daily basis? 
I'd like for us to do two things with our study this morning. I first of all want to spend just a little bit of time thinking about why Jesus is the good shepherd. What gives him the right to lead me? What gives him the right and why should I have an obligation to follow him? And why is the shepherding nature of Jesus, why, why should I even want to be in his fold and his flock? Those are good questions and well worth an answer biblically. But secondly, I want us to also think about this. If I've given Jesus permission to lead my life, what does that look like practically? What responsibilities do I have to the good shepherd? So with that in mind, first of all this morning, I want us to just think about Jesus himself for a moment. And if you don't already have your Bible open, open it please to John chapter 10. Notice in John chapter 10, Jesus uses two metaphors, two illustrations to describe his ministry. He says, I am a shepherd, and he says, I am the door. A shepherd and a door. He is the one by which we gain admission to the Father. He is the door. No one comes to the Father except by me, John 14, verse 6. But he is also a shepherd, one who has come to show us the way. He's come to manifest for us what God desires of us. Why is he a good shepherd and why should I be loyal to him? Two reasons come to mind. Number one, he laid down his life for us. That's exactly what this passage describes. In Matthew 26, verse 31, Jesus said to his disciples, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it has been written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Striking the shepherd, he will lay down his life. The sheep will be scattered, shepherd and sheep. But then you get back to John chapter 10 and you look at verses 11 through 13 and listen to his words. I am, this is prior to his death, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And notice the contrast that he makes. A good shepherd is one who lays down his life. He who is a hired hand, a hireling, and not a shepherd, he does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees because the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. Why should I follow Jesus Christ? I want you to listen. There are a lot of people right now in our country who have a great idea in their minds of what's wrong with the world and what's wrong especially with our country. A lot of you, I would suspect, could probably join that conversation and probably do on some, on, in some way. What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with the country? Jesus, the good shepherd, came to say exactly this. What's wrong with the world is that people are guilty of sin. It's as simple as that. People are guilty of sinful attitudes and thoughts and actions and words. We are guilty of sin and our guilt is great before God. We are sheep who have gone astray. And Jesus says, I've come to show you the way. And a good shepherd proves that he's a good shepherd by laying down his life for the sheep. I'm not just somebody who comes and tells you a better way to live and then doesn't invest anything. I am somebody who comes and shows you the very best way to live your life and to be significant and meaningful and stand for things that matter. I have come to show you that way and I am proving that this is the right way by being the good shepherd and laying down my life. 
That's what he's saying in John 10, verses 11 through 13. Anybody else who tries to tell you a better way to live, anybody else who tries to tell you the right way to do things is merely a hireling because they haven't died for those principles yet. I lay down my life for the sheep. I know the way, follow me, I'm the good shepherd. Why should I give Jesus permission to, live, uh, to, to guide my life, to lead me? Because Jesus has paid a price that nobody else has paid for me. He has died so that I could be cleansed of my sin. You can be cleansed of your sin. He's a good shepherd because of that very principle. He laid down his life for us. Secondly though, not only has Jesus laid down his life for us, he paid the ultimate price to show us the way to live. But he continually cares for us. You know that thought, he leadeth me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. David was thinking in Psalm 23 about how much God cares continually for us. And it's an amazing thought. The amazing thought is Jesus didn't just pay the price and say, okay, I have purchased you, you're on your own. The Bible indicates that Jesus continually cares for us. Cast all your cares upon him, he cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He cares for us. Listen to his words if you're looking at John chapter 10. In verse 14, Jesus says about his relationship with the sheep, I am the good shepherd. I know those who belong to me, and they know me. Again, in the very same passage in verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What Jesus is saying, brothers and sisters and friends, is this is not just about a life insurance policy where you make the purchase, Jesus has bought me from my sin, and that's all there is to it. No, there is a relationship that's being established. A relationship. Even though I don't see him, yet I love him. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. I follow him, I serve him, and he knows me, and he cares for me. The Lord is my shepherd. That's important for people to be able to say. Continuing thinking about his care for us. In John 10 verses 3 and 4, Jesus says, To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. You know, they say, by way of illustration, in the first century, I've not been around shepherds, by the way, but in the first century, that people would keep their sheep in one big pen at night different flocks, different shepherds, and they'd bring all the sheep to one big place, and that way the shepherds could go and they could rest and they could take care of their own needs. And then in the morning, the shepherds would come back to the pen, and all these sheep were mingling among themselves as they came to the pen. And the way that they separated the sheep was that the, she the shepherd would say, all right, come on, sheep. And amazingly, I mean, they say something like that, you know, Amazingly, the sheep would respond to the voice of their shepherd. They just knew. They knew which voice belonged to their shepherd. And that's what Jesus is doing by way of illustration. He's saying, I come to the pen and I call my sheep and they hear my voice. By the way, he goes on and says, I call my sheep by name. 
That is to say, if one of the sheep is not paying attention and the shepherd knows it's over there, he can say, come on, Mabel, come on, Mary Bell, whatever the sheep's name is. I call them by name and they hear my voice and I lead them out. He goes on and says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. The idea is, Jesus is saying, I lay down my life, I've shown you the way, I am demonstrating for you that you need to follow me. And if you decide to follow me, I will know you, I will know your name. And you listen to my voice and you can follow me. And there will be a relationship, a loving, tender, protective relationship. What does it mean to be a shepherd? A shepherd leads, a shepherd provides, a shepherd protects. And Jesus is saying, I'll be all those things for you. If you'll just come to me, if you'll just listen to my voice, if you'll just be one of my sheep, I'm the good shepherd. In Isaiah chapter 40, by way of prophecy, verses 10 and 11, Behold, the Lord God comes with might. Talking about the strength of God. His arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. But then it turns from the might and the strength of God to the tenderness of God. Listen to what it says. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are young. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd because he died for us and nobody else has ever died for you in the way and for the reasons that Jesus has, nobody. And not only that, he cares for you and nobody else, no matter how much they love you, has ever cared for you the way Jesus does. He knows our names, he calls us. Are you listening to what he says? Now turn this around for just a minute. We think about this song, He Leadeth Me, O Blessed Thought, and it's a nice song, but sometimes we sing the song and it's not true about us. I might sing the song, He Leadeth Me, and I might say the words, the Lord is my shepherd, but it's really not true of my life because I haven't in my life given Jesus permission to be my shepherd. I haven't said, I want the Lord to be my shepherd. So question, what are our responsibilities what does Jesus challenge us to do? I'd like to suggest three specific things. Three specific things this morning. More could be said, but this is something to think about for every one of us. Three responsibilities to Christ our shepherd. Number one, I have a responsibility, if he's my shepherd, to listen to his voice. Which part? Which part of his voice should I listen to? Everything. The whole counsel of God, all the things that the shepherd says to the sheep ought to be listened to, ought to be heeded. I am to spend my life listening to what he has said through his word. In John chapter 10, verses two through four, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. Don't overlook that. The way that I know I'm a sheep, the way that I know I'm in the, she the sheepfold and I'm part of the flock, is by asking, am I really listening to his voice? Am I really doing what he asks? And listening to his voice is important because not all sheep or not all who claim to be sheep do. Jesus asked the question legitimately in Luke 6 verse 46, why do people call me Lord, Lord and not do the things that I say? 
Why do you say I'm your shepherd, but you don't obey the voice of the shepherd? It's a legitimate question. Jesus warned in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, that on the day of judgment, there are a lot of people who would stand before him and would say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and work mighty miracles in your name? And didn't we do many sacrificial things in your name? And I will say to them, Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, when I willingly disobey. I stubbornly ignore the word of God, the voice of the shepherd. He says, I never knew you. Listen to his voice. Jesus continued to speak through his apostles. The Bible makes that very clear. And this is something that a lot of people don't pay much attention to nowadays. It needs to be repeated. Jesus told his apostles in John 13, verse 30, that he was going to send them into the world and the message that they were going to give the world was going to come from him. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine because the apostles were delivering the words, the voice of the shepherd. A lot of people these days say, you know, we really ought to, as we read through our Bibles, we really ought to just pay attention to the red letters. In the, in the red letters sections, you've got what people think are the words of Jesus himself. And the black letters are important, but they're not as important, people might say. Jesus says, my voice, my voice can be seen not just in the red letters, but in the black ones as well. Because my voice is being heard through the apostles. And one of the apostles even wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37. Let him who thinks he's spiritual acknowledge that the things that I write are the commandments of the Lord himself. His commands are written in Scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. Are you listening to his voice? Are you paying attention to what he said, the specifics of what he said, doing what he asks in the way that he asks, Yes, there's provision. Yes, there's protection. Yes, there's guidance. But I need to listen to his voice if I'm going to be one of his sheep. Secondly, my responsibility to Christ my shepherd is not just to listen to his voice, but it's also to love his flock. There is a group, there is an assembly of people that belong to Jesus. Who are they? They are those who also listen to his voice. And the Bible describes the flock of Jesus Christ as being one. John chapter 10, verse 16, they're one. Jesus came to shepherd one group of people, one flock. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, there's one body. There's unity, not division, not a whole bunch of different flocks, teaching different things, listening to different voices, obeying different commandments. There's one flock, and I'm to love the flock that serves and follows him. Jesus prayed on the night he was to be crucified in John 17, verses 20 through 23. He prayed for unity among his disciples. He prayed that all those who followed him because of the voice of the apostles would be one, just as Christ and his Father are one. He prayed and he died so that there could be one flock. And a lot of people want to divide the flock, and they do that by changing the message. We are not privileged. It is not our right to change the message, the voice of the shepherd. The message is to change us, to transform us. We are not to heed the voice of strangers. 
Look at again at John chapter 10. Look at verses 5 and verse 8. Listen to what he says. John chapter 10, verse 5. My sheep, he says, will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And just like in the first century, if you had sheep and you tried to approach them, if you were a stranger and you tried to lead them, the sheep knew that you weren't the shepherd and they weren't going to listen. And Jesus said, my sheep are the same way. They're going to recoil from that which they know to be false. They're going to stay away from that which they know to be misleading from those who are not the true shepherd. We are, if we want to serve the true shepherd, Jesus Christ, we are to do our very best to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. That's our goal, that's our ambition, that's our prayer, that's our obligation before God himself. The unity of the Spirit, oneness among the people of God. Is the church important? The Bible calls the church the flock of God, which he purchased with his own blood, Acts 20, verse 28. Is the church important to Jesus? He is the shepherd of his flock. We are to love his flock because we're part of it. Third, what's my obligation to Christ my shepherd? Think about this from a practical standpoint. Jesus has left, as we mentioned a moment ago, under shepherds. We call them elders. And if I am going to be a sheep who follows the Lord, who follows the great shepherd, I have an obligation and responsibility to love his shepherds. I had that responsibility before Jesus, before God himself. They are to serve in local congregations. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. It describes how shepherds are to watch over the flock which is among them. The Bible describes local congregations meeting in various places throughout the world. And each local congregation is to be overseen by a group of spiritual men known as elders or shepherds. Known as overseers. They serve among local congregations. I'm to do my very best to help them in their ministry. Their role is to oversee, to watch for souls. They are called shepherds, pastors. That is their role. Preachers are not pastors. That's not the same role. It's not the same thing. A pastor is a shepherd. That's a very special biblical term. Sometimes preachers might serve as elders, but not always. In fact, the vast majority do not. They oversee, pastors do, shepherds do, the local congregation. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, the Bible is very explicit. It says that we are to make sure that the way that we live makes their work joyful. We are to do our very best to bless them, to encourage them, to uphold them, to do our very best to make their work joyful because so often their work is characterized by difficulty. We're to do our very best to encourage them in what, they are, what they're all about. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13, that we are to esteem them highly in love for their work's sake. Those are not options. They're not good suggestions for people. This is one of the ways in which I follow Christ the good shepherd. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, but I'm not going to listen to the ones he's appointed as shepherds. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, but I'm not going to listen to his voice. 
He leadeth me, O blessed thought, but I'm not going to be a part of the flock, the church that he died to build. Those notions are contrary to what it means for Jesus to be the shepherd of our lives. Let's listen to the reasons why Jesus has the right to show us the way. And let's let our responsibilities before him be our priority. Because really, think about it. Who better knows the way to do what's meaningful and significant in this life than the one who made the round trip from heaven to earth and back to heaven so that he might show us the way. And he says and invites that we can come to him and that we can have cleansing of our sin and that we can have a relationship with him and that we can follow him and know him and know the people who belong to him. There's no more blessed way to live than that. Have you given Jesus the permission to lead your life? Have you come to him in humble, submissive faith, confessing that he is Lord, that he is the good shepherd, and there's nobody else who knows the way beside him? Have you repented of your sin? All we like sheep have gone astray. There are things that we have done. There are things that we continue to do. There are actions and attitudes that we've chosen, and we are to turn away from those things and follow the shepherd. Have you been baptized? The Bible describes baptism as a new birth. When I am baptized in water, I am born again. John chapter 3, verse 5. And I become part of the flock. I become part of the group that belongs to Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Maybe you need this morning to repent of your sin, to give your life to Jesus Christ to be baptized for the remission of your sin. If we can help you with that, if we can help you by praying for you or praying with you, we're glad that you've come. Won't you come down the aisle while together we stand and while we sing?